Right eye dominant. 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 This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am your host, Nick Toro Jr. And this is kind of a big episode for me. It's episode number 25. And it will also be the final episode of season number one. But don't fret. I'm just going to take a little summer break and I will be back with a new season at the end of August. But until then, we still have this episode. And I'm very excited because I did a great interview with a friend, Nathaniel Tetsuro Polinelli. Nathaniel is a local photographer, and by local I mean based here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I have chosen to live. And the reason why I interviewed Nathaniel now is because he just had a one-man show open in the downtown art gallery, contemporary art space, 516 Arts. And I would encourage everyone to go down and see the show. All of the photos are taken in and around downtown Albuquerque. And they all feature Nathaniel's signature style of street photography and street portraiture. And I think that talking to Nathaniel was just a really nice treat. We are friends, but it was really cool just to hang out and talk photography and also to ask him questions about his life and his work, which I didn't really know much about before this conversation. So I'm just going to jump into the interview now. Um, We just kind of cover a lot of ground and had a really good time talking to Nathaniel. So Without further ado, here's my interview with Nathaniel Titsuro Palinelli. My, my first question was just going to be, uh, where were you born, where you grew up? So you could just talk a little bit about growing up in Albuquerque if you want to start. Yeah, I, I was born in California, but I'm, ah. I've grown up in Albuquerque my entire life. So you, where, in, where in California where you, where were you born? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. All right. Right on the, right on the ocean. Right on the ocean. I think you could see the ocean from the apartment I was born in. But you left there very early in your life. Nine months. Uh, I don't. Or, I don't. I don't have any memories of it. You do. And then from there to Albuquerque. <laughs> Straight to Albuquerque. Never what, left. What brought your family here? <clears throat> you know, um, I'm not sure. I think they're just kind of escaping California. They're weird hippies living in Santa Cruz. And they loaded up a VW bus with me and the cat and came out to Albuquerque. So you're, you're not an only child though, right? No, I, I do have a brother. But he he's was young. born. He's younger. He's younger. Okay. So it's just you and the cat in the van with your folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, because I think at that time, New Mexico is still a destination. I mean, not that it's not now, but a destination for hippie staying off the grid kind of mentality that maybe was attractive to your parents? I think so. I'm not really sure what brought them out of here, actually. <laughs> maybe there's a dark, dark right. secret. 
you never know. <laughs> you never know. So what got what got you into photography? And I I genuinely am curious about this because I, I I don't think I know. Well, you know, as a kid, I always kind of liked cameras and I took a snapshots, but I wasn't really into photography. They were just things that were around there. I think what got me into photography was the iPhone and having apps on there and the ability to do some editing. And that's really what got me into taking pictures. And from there, obviously, I needed to get a better camera and kind of snowballed from that. But that's really what got me into taking pictures was getting a phone with a good camera on it. Interesting. Like how early in the iPhone line was this? The second one, the wow. 3G. Okay. I waited in line 10 hours to buy it. <laughs> nice. Was, was, was photography on your mind when you were planning on getting, or that was sort of like after you got it, you're like, oh, holy shit, now I can do all this stuff. No, not at all. It wasn't really the photography part. It was the, it was the apps that you could edit photos with. Yeah. And I liked that because I was, you know, I was a graphic designer. And so I just started using the camera to take pictures of people and edit them with the apps for fun. Right. And yeah. What, what apps were you, do you remember which ones first sucked you in? I feel like one I really like was Snapseed, maybe. But yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if that was around back then, to be honest. I'm sure there was some more basic version because the apps are pretty bad um, in whatever that was, the iPhone 3G era. Yeah. Was that like 2007? Oh, eight, nine. I don't know, actually. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I was a late adapter. I, I, uh, I didn't get an iPhone until I think a four. I remember um, Hipstamatic was kind of the thing that really got me for the first time. I ordered a pack of Hipstamatic prints years ago. Oh, I am four inch squares that you can order through the app. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. You, you were the only one who did that. They, you know, they they looked um, a lot worse than than you would imagine. You know, just the the, the, the paper, the kind of print quality, everything, the resolution yeah. was all garbage. But I, you know, I, I did it. <laughs> so you 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 mentioned um, one of the first thing you said you started shooting was people. So, uh, and that's definitely obviously a strong component of your, your work even to this day. So even when you were first starting, like you were drawn to taking photographs of people as opposed to other things, or it was just a mix. It, it was a mix, but it was, um, you know, I was always photographing everyone that I worked with, um, just the people around me. And um, I guess kind of from there, it spread out to people that I didn't know, but I started, I started with those closest, those easiest <laughs> access. I guess it wasn't intentional, but that's just what I was drawn to. And so once you started venturing out into people you didn't know, was that still phone-based shooting or had you moved on to a camera by then? No, I, I moved on to a camera. I'm also a little bit of a kind of tech nerd in a way. And so having a digital camera, um, Oh, it was just something that I wanted also just for the kind of technology parts. The same reason why I bought a drone, but I don't use it. I just like that it's a, <laughs> available, I guess. <laughs> when did you... Uh, it, it, I, I know that just you, your your Instagram is is a major outlet for your work. Were you on Instagram right away? Because it, it, it seems like it was fairly a natural progression, especially if you were sort of dove I in. I was. 
Yeah, definitely. But initially I was just putting up food photos and just like snapshots because I didn't think you could put, um, you know, real photographs or things not taken on an iPhone. And I was posting stuff on Flickr that nobody was looking at. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tumblr also. Right. <laughs> all, all those places. But then I started noticing people putting real photography on Instagram. And I thought, well, if they're going to do it. I'm going to do it too. But you were pr- probably like one of the first, like when Instagram first launched, were you on it pretty much right away? Or? I think I got it in like 2012. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but I really wasn't taking, um, I wasn't posting any, um, his good pictures on there. So it sounds like you were maybe using it more for like the social aspect of it. Yeah, it was more toys. I was using a lot of like weird apps with filters, just to mess with things just for, just for fun because it wasn't, um, I guess it wasn't serious. Yeah. My serious work was on Flickr, you know, <laughs> not nobody, really, but yeah. But and nobody, but yeah. nobody was seeing it on Flickr. No, of or, course not. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe like 13 people. Right. Yeah. Right. I have a love hate relationship with Instagram, but you're one of the people that seems that you have a good, I don't say a good relationship with it, but it seems like it's a, it's, it is definitely a, a main outlet for you. I do know that you, you've told me that, you know, it's helped you land work, paid work. I, and, and you're very active on it. So between the two of us, it seems like you at least have a, a better relationship with it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I have a good relationship with it, but it, 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 it is helpful for me. I also hate it at the same time. It drives me crazy. I don't understand how it works, but um, it's, it's, it's been a good outlet for me because um, really, I don't know where else anybody would see my photos today. So that's that's where I that's where I put my pictures. Maybe it's not my most curated spot for my photos. My website probably is better, mm-hmm. but um, I, I still like Instagram. I, I, I like the connection that I make with people on there too. I've met a lot of great people through through Instagram in real life. Mm-hmm. What what don't you like? Or you said you were frustrated. Or what about it? Don't you like specifically? Oh, just the um, I don't know the part of that. I guess it also drives me crazy. I fucking hate it, you know? Um, <laughs> and um, what, what don't I like about it? I look at it too much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it skews my view of, of what work of mine is good or not. Interesting. Because sometimes, you know, a picture can get a lot of likes for many different reasons, but it doesn't have to be a, doesn't mean it's a good photograph. That's where I struggle with Instagram. I don't know if it's the best place, but I think it's the only place out there right now. You can be swayed by a uh, response to a photograph and either be pleasantly surprised of like, oh, that really was embraced more than I expected it to be. Or you could be maybe more invested in a particular image and then be like, you know, maybe it didn't. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. What's yeah. But which kind of leads me to, uh, I, you know, like you said, you referred to like, well, it, what's a good photograph like for you and not when you're shooting, but afterwards, like how do you define for you? What is a good photograph? That's a good question. Um, That's a hard one for me too, because sometimes I'm so attached to the subject or the interaction I had with them that I just want that photograph to be good. I'll put it out there and maybe it's not, 
But what usually, you know, I, I guess sometimes I can tell if I have a good photo. And, you know, I know that this one is a good photo. Um, I just, it's hard to tell. I have to, it's an individual basis depending on, you know, the picture, what's in it, what's happening with it. And it usually has people in it. I, I, I rarely photograph um, just scenes without people, whether they're like right up close or not. There's usually always that person in there. It also has to be in focus, et cetera. So, <laughs> that's good. Uh, you, you know me. You know, I, I, I like that focus. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I mean, that's something to aspire to. Uh, sharpness and uh, maybe composition is, is secondary. But uh, I, I was actually going to ask you. So like, you know, you're, you're drawn, obviously, to people more than just like, you know, scenes or landscape or architecture. Let's say you're out with your camera. What? What will draw you to a subject? I guess kind of maybe it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, but what draws me to a subject? Someone that um, I don't want to say character, just somebody that stands out to me. Maybe maybe they're a little more gritty looking, a little more rough around the edges, and and that I guess I'm attracted to that. That's it's not I'm looking for that, but when I see that, um, and it's the right kind of person, I'm always interested in, in finding out who they are just a little tidbit about them and then trying to make a, make a quick picture. So is, is it conversation first usually? Always. Always. Maybe, you know, it didn't start off that way, but now it's conversation first. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to shoot off the hip and and get a picture. Maybe, maybe I'll snap a photo of someone as I approach them, but those pictures never work out. Really. I want to talk to them for a minute and, and, um, be able to make a proper photograph of them, you know what? And um, I, I think those pictures are better than sometimes a candid one. I guess it just depends. Sometimes right. a candid one is really good too. Through your body of work, I could definitely see. I mean, I could see when you've engaged in a in a more specific, personal way, how close you are to the subject, which leads me to the you know the one one of the challenges I think for a lot of people is. You know, I know that you shoot a lot on the street, primarily. Getting over that uh, inhibition to approach people or interact with them, you know, whether you're shy, not you personally, but if you're a shy person or, I guess, afraid to just approach somebody. Why yeah. Can you talk about, like, what that's been like for you? Have you, has that changed for you? It, it's definitely changed. I, mean, I didn't start going up to people and talking to them. Um, it, it's changed. You know, I, I started across the street taking candid photos and then just kind of moved a little closer over time. Um, but approaching people is hard at first, but it gets easier. You know, like, like anything is hard at first. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And you just have to practice it. And you'd be surprised that most people are okay with you taking their photos. Hmm. If you don't weird them out in some way. <laughs> right. Like you're not creeper, stalker. You, you, can't, you can't be like a creeper, stalker. And you can't be timid either. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have to be, you have to be direct, but you also just have to be real with them. I think I'm just real with people. I don't have any bad intentions and, and maybe they can get that, but not everybody wants to, well, let me photograph them. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I get told no all, all the time. What's your percentage of yes to no? Oh, it's probably, it's pretty high to yes. I don't know. Maybe if I ask, I don't know what the percentage is. If you ask five people, three or four will say yes. If you approach mm -hmm. them right. But, but in my experience, most people will be okay with that. And, and then I'll, I'll take more candid photos after maybe they're cool with me and then I'll hang out 
step back a little bit and mm-hmm. just, just observe and, and photograph from there. But then I, I kind of already have permission to be there in a sense. So I, I, I can get close and, and um, they're okay with it. Are you uh, generally, um, it, I mean, I know you as a friend and you don't necessarily seem like you could be in a situation and you could probably strike up a conversation with anybody. Is that fairly accurate? Maybe not anybody. <laughs> you know, not, not anybody. But I can strike up conversations with, with, um, with random people that uh, most people don't want to talk to, I guess. Um, I find it easier to talk to the people that I photograph than... Um, I don't know, and just some kind of um normal person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you definitely have like a your your subject matter generally is skews to a a you know a like you said maybe like a rough around the edges. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just right. I just feel like if I sat in an office park, like a complex at lunch with my camera and asked mm-hmm. five people, probably four would say no. Yeah. Right. As a, but, but, as a, but if, I, if I was at a bus stop, I could get three of them to say yes. Is that's a reflection on you and your appearance, personality? You think I, probably all of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that has to be that has that has to do with it. I can't go everywhere, but I can go some places. Right. Well, and you could probably go places maybe that some other people can't go. Right. Yeah. So, definitely. Um, it, yeah, because it seems to me one of the, you know. As as a as a viewer, one of the appeals of your work is that you do. It's like you've gained access to people or places that not everybody would gain access to. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I I, I like that. I like being around that. I grew up all around that, um, and that's exciting to me. That's I feel comfortable there, and um, I, I I I just I just like being in those kind of environments. Um, it's, um, it, it gives me, um, creative energy. Yeah. You know, I would be, I would be very bored if I was just shooting like, like, like corporate headshots all day long. Yeah. I don't see you doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing six of them in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're being, but, paid. Uh, but <laughs> you're being paid for that. But if I, you know, but, um, I just, I, I, I like being out there on the street with my camera and, and, and meeting random people or running into people that I've seen before. Um, I, and I, I, I get satisfaction out of doing that. And um, I just, and I really like doing it here in Albuquerque. It's, um, you know, I, I, I know everywhere that I go and um, I, I like that. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, there's actually a couple of questions that kind of spin off of that. One is uh, do when you're out now, um, do generally people know who you are? I mean, it seems like, you know, your, your work is visible enough that, uh, and that you, you sort of shoot in similar environments where like, are you sort of just part of the scene now or like to people like, Hey, there, there's Nathaniel with his camera again, or. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yes. Um, I, I think I've, I've, I've been out enough last couple of years that, um, people do recognize me out, out there with my camera. How about uh, reaction to um, when they, when people show up on your Instagram feed, like, you know, their photos is that uh, I'm just curious, like how, you know, you're not, you're not sort of anonymous, I guess is, is what I'm driving at. Or do you feel you know, that? 
you know, am I anonymous? I guess not. Not not when I'm maybe downtown photographing because I'm there pretty regularly. Um, but I, I think for the most part, people like like it when they show up on there because I don't try to. I don't. I don't try to post photos of people in um, compromising positions, sure, or or you know anything like that. General, generally, but you know, if, if there is something that's 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 worthy of it, I will post it. I guess. Um, but I, I I like all the people I photograph, and I'm trying to make a a cool picture of them. Yeah. And when I do, I'll I'll, I'll put it on my uh, on on my social media, and most times they do like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think like while you're touching on something that I think is 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 you know it, it's visible in the work is that um, you're certainly not exploiting anybody or showing anybody. I mean, they're presenting themselves to the world the way that you're showing them. You're not compromising them or you know showing them in a in a negative light. So I, I, you know, it, it, and that's actually something that I noticed in, when when I went to see the show at 516, which um we'll talk about for sure. But my wife actually pointed out she wasn't as familiar with your work. And she's like, there's so much joy in these photos. And that may have been a a, a sort of a curatorial slant of those photos, but I think in general that's an interesting to me, that was an interesting, like, I, I I didn't consider that in your body of work, but there is that. What, do you, do you think that is, is accurate? You know, somewhat. I mean, you know, I have a, I feel like I, I kind of vibe off of people's energy and when, when, when they're putting out that kind of good energy, I can make good pictures of them. And if that's happening, most of the time they're in a good mood. You ever get into situations where someone's not uh, not in a good mood and you're oh, dealing yeah. with? For sure, <laughs> I mean that that's all that's all part of it. Um, but you can't let that kind of stuff discourage you from going out there and taking pictures because um, that that doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if you know how to handle yourself, um, you, you can avoid situations like that. I mean, there are certain people that you don't ask to photograph. Or you don't point your camera at, and that's just like those are the rules. Maybe sometimes, you know, depending on like what what's what's happening, you know. Right. Just uh, and and I think like maybe that's a version of street smarts that you developed. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You have to have some street smarts if you're if you're always out there with your camera because that's most people are, are threatened by a camera when they see it. That's why I like a smaller camera, but it's still a camera, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, going back to the 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 idea of how much you really do. To me, you're an Albuquerque photographer. Do you ever feel stymied or uh, restricted or uninspired uh, shooting? No, here? no, because I feel like I'm getting deeper in than I ever have. Um, you know what what's funny is I always wanted to photograph people and I spent a lot of time traveling around the country, around the world, trying to make pictures of people. And um I was doing that not that often, but kind of often. And then the pandemic happened and I was stuck here. Um and then I started shooting the people here um with with more intent than I ever have. And I haven't stopped 
And, and I feel like I'm only scratching the surface now. So there's so much more to do. Um, and I'm completely uh, content with, with, with doing it here. That's interesting that you say that, that it's there, that you're just scratching the surface. I feel like I really am. I mean, I've been here forever, but I, I haven't been out on the streets with my camera interacting with people my entire life. That's something new. So that's what I mean. I'm just kind of just scratching the surface there. So you carry your camera with you everywhere? Pretty much. Even to the grocery store most of the times that I go. Just always carry it because I don't want to make a picture on my phone. No one's going to take me serious if I'm like, hey, I just love the way you look. Can I make a picture of you on my phone? That seems mm -hmm. weird. Maybe. I don't know. I think if you pull out a real camera, it makes it a little more serious. And then people would be more into that. And I've missed so many photographs by not carrying a camera with me everywhere into like every store I've been in or whatever. I've seen some amazing people that are just there and then gone. So mm -hmm. I don't want to miss them. So that's why I take it with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Justin always gives me a hard time because he's like, you produce all this work. I never see you with a fucking camera in your hand. And it's like, <laughs> like for me, like I have to sort of have like, okay, today's the day when I'm going to go out and seek something um, as opposed to um, with, with the intention ahead of time. Uh, you know, as opposed to, well, I know I'm going to be in it. Like, it seems like, okay, Nathaniel's going to go downtown Friday night. You kind of know what you're getting into and you'll be like, something will present itself. Um, yeah. That's, you know, I, I never go out with intention. There's no, I never go out with the intent to photograph anybody or, or, you know, anything. I'm just, I'm just there watching for something interesting. And when I see that, then I want to make a picture of it. But, but sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it doesn't happen for a little bit. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed because there's things happening all around me and I just can't take any pictures. Um, and it just depends. Yeah. For me, because I'm, I guess it, when you're looking for people, you don't know when or where you're going to run into people. I mean, you can go, you can know where people may be and show up there, but I'm not looking for anyone specifically. So you mentioned, you just mentioned, uh, sometimes it's, it's like you're, you kind of arrive and just kind of wait and assess and wait for something to present itself. But you also just mentioned that you can be overwhelmed. Like what, like what kind of situation, like, does it prevent you from photographing at all? Is this just no, no, no. No, it's just too exciting. Like um, when I was at a rodeo, I was really overwhelming. Everywhere I was turning, there were photographs to be made. Like the, the audience, the riders, all that kind of action. Or if I'm, you know, say anywhere new, that's exciting. And by exciting, I just mean lots of people around. And then I'm just excited to pull my camera out and start making photos. And um, yeah, so... It's not overwhelming that I can't I can't shoot. It's just like I just don't know what what to to look at, and I guess maybe that that's the overwhelming part. But it doesn't it doesn't overwhelm you to the point where you you can't produce work. It's never no. like like overstimulation or. Mm, no, 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 no. It, yeah, I, I can always I can always find energy to um, make photograph photographs. I always have energy for that. I don't have energy for lots of other things. But I always have energy for um, going out and trying to make pictures. It's like a hunt. It's exciting. 
you know, mm-hmm. they're not a hunt, but it's because um, you don't know what you're getting into. And I like that part. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is it before before photography became such a, a, a important component of your life, uh, were you, did you have the same kind of sort of drive or focus on uh, like other, did you have other passions that this is kind of equivalent to? Um, you know, I was really passionate about, about, about graphic design, about typography and kerning, lighting, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I really was, um, and I, I used to like to draw a lot too. I guess I just never felt I was good enough at those um, things. Um, or it, they just, not good enough. It was, it was hard. I really had to try. And I guess I really tried with photography, but it's, um, it's easier for me than anything else I've done. Even though it's still really hard. I mean, there's nothing easy, there's nothing easy about it. Um, but for me, I, it's like I can see a picture and I can make it happen. When I was a designer, I could see a logo in my head, but 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 could I like translate that out in Illustrator and make it look as cool as I wanted? Not every time, but with a photograph, I can see it and I can make it look cooler than I thought it was going to be. And I like that. Do you ever consider other platforms for your work? Like I know, like I, I'm a I'm a psychotically uh, dedicated self publisher, um, and we've talked offline about you publishing like a book or whatever, but it seems even the idea, honestly, it seems like the idea of it is like, you know, your reaction has been like, well, how do I make my choice of like, is, is the sort of the, the working methods you have right now sort of optimal for you, or do you consider other outlets for your work? No, I would love other outlets. I would love to make some type of book um, or something or, you know, print more of my work, that kind of stuff. I just don't want it to live, you know, on, on the internet. Um, and, and those are things I want to do. And I just, maybe I need to work with an editor and to kind of select some images. I mean, like last, in the last 12 months, I think I shot like 30,000 pictures. And um, it's hard to look through that and pick out good ones because that's overwhelming for me. That's when I get overwhelmed and I, and I stop. It's not, I, I I never get overwhelmed making the photographs. I get overwhelmed looking at all the stuff that I shoot, and then I just can't decide anymore because there's just too many of them. That's what stops me. I was going to ask you how you balance your post-production with your shooting, knowing that you are so prolific, and I think you just touched on it, but clearly your post-production is an integral part of your image making. Yeah, it definitely is. I feel like that's half of it for me. I got a lot of satisfaction in, in, in editing my photo. I don't spend a lot of time doing it. Um, I'm pretty fast. Uh, just a couple minutes for picture um, at the most. But, but I really feel like um, I, I put my flavor on them you know, after, after the fact sometimes. Do you uh, have a preference for black and white over color? Or how do you make that decision? That's tough. Some pictures look better on black and white. But then sometimes I'm like, maybe this should be black and white. If I'm trying to do a series of them, I'll make a color one that probably is better in color black and white, just just because. But I I like I like the black and white look. Um, there's something very appealing to me about uh, about that. And um, that's why I, I do it a lot. 
when you shoot, do you foresee whether something's going to work as black and white or color? Never. One time I tried shooting um, in black and white, you know, in JPEGs in the camera so I could see what it looked like. But what happened is it just bothered me too much that it was all black and white. <laughs> um, just l- looking through the screen that way. Um, I see everything in color. And then I decided afterwards if it's going to be black and white. And, and I think that works better for me. Okay. Fair enough. So we were talking about selecting your your work and whether you needed an editor for a, a possible book project. But uh, the, the, the show of yours that's up right now down at 516 Arts. Tell me about how you ended up getting this exhibit, just sort of like what the process was like? Um, well, honestly, the process was, it just, it just, it just appeared in my um, email one day of Suzanne, um, the director, um, contacted me and asked me if I was interested in doing a solo show. And I said, yes, definitely interested. And it just went from there. It ended up happening um, pretty fast. Um, and this is the first time I've ever done anything in, in an official gallery, and um, I, I liked it. It was it was um, it was new. It was different. It was a little scary, but um, it was an enjoyable process overall. And as far as selecting images for the show, how, what was that process like? That was tough. Um, I'd recently kind of shown some images um, prior to this, and so I had a little kind of folder of selects. And um, I, I worked from those, and there was a little back and forth about what we we're going to show in there. And um, so, primarily, it's just pictures that are taken in the kind of downtown area, which is not every. I, I, I take photos everywhere, but the the show there is, is mostly photos that are all pretty much taken on Central. You worked with the curator. Uh, you someone curated the work for you. Yes, I did work with the curator, um, Daniel Daniel Ulubadi. And um, he really um, helped out um, picking the images. He was instrumental in making sure everything got framed and hung properly. And he did, he did a great job um, with that. So how, how has the response to the show been? I, you know, I don't really know, to be honest, Nick. I think it's been positive. It was such... Um, it seemed to go by so fast. I, 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 I think... I think overall people liked it though. Did uh, and maybe it's too early to to ask this question, but um, people who appear in your photos in that show, have you heard from anybody or or friends of theirs, or you know, kind of see it, seeing themselves on a gallery wall now? I haven't personally heard from anybody that's been in there, but I'm sure some of them have seen that. I mean, I don't know if they're. I don't think. I don't believe anybody. Knows in any of the photographs came to the show, um, but they may have seen something in one of my stories. Mm, interesting, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I'd be curious just to kind of see what that you know. Uh, I mean, it, and and again, I think this kind of goes back to my my question earlier about like like what platform you're sharing on. I think there's obviously an immediacy and lack of a better term, this maybe isn't an accurate term, but a democratic distribution on Instagram where, you know, someone will more likely see a photo of themselves there than they would on a, you know, in a frame on a gallery wall. Oh, there's a hundred percent chance of that. Um, 
there's a much bigger chance for someone to see themselves on on social media than they would on a gallery wall. Do you ever have anyone on, like, say, like, uh, take my picture off of your feed? Every now and then. Um, let me see. Only once, actually. Only once, and it wasn't even their picture. But yeah, only one time. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't. Yeah. I don't put up any pictures that I, I feel are bad. So it's like, um, or like you said earlier, somebody in a compromised position, or right, right. And 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 I, because I have those photos, but I don't share them. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. So you have, you know, you you have parameters that you're adhering to, which again, I think is like speaks to something we were talking about earlier. It's like you're not. You're not being opportunistic or using your subject matter to sort of no, not at all. Because I really do, I really do love these people that I'm taking pictures of. Um, you know, maybe only for thirty seconds at a time or whatever. But I do. I, I, I'm into them. I'm excited about them. I don't want to make them look bad, and um, I, I want I want to take a picture that they appreciate too. I don't have any bad intentions. And, and I'm and I'm not opportunistic like that. I don't want to push somebody out of the way to get a picture because that that's not why I'm there. I, I, before I even um, ever picked up a camera, I'm, I've always been interested in people. Always, and I'm always I'm not staring, but I'm just I'm just observing. I've always been observing people my entire life, and having a camera now allows me to to. That fulfills my fantasy of just watching these people, and then I get to do something about it by like making their picture, yeah. and that that's that's why I do it. Is there an appeal to sort of immersing yourself in a subcultural sort of uh, environment? I guess for for me there is, yeah. For me, for me there is. Um, I uh, I feel more comfortable in, in any kind of subcultural environment, and I feel people like that are more accepting. They're more open. Um, where do you, where do you think that comes from for you personally? I guess I've, I've never like been part of the kind of status quo, I guess. I always felt like I was kind of on the outside of everything. And, um, so kind of being an outsider allows me to hang out with other outsiders from all kinds of different places. Cause I think, I don't know, not, not that I get them, but maybe I do get them, you know, I do get them a little bit. So that's maybe the draw. That's maybe, that's maybe the job. Maybe that's why I'm more comfortable there. I think that shows in your work because it's you don't your pictures don't look like you're an outsider in those environments. It's like you wouldn't you know you wouldn't get the kind of photos you're getting because I, I think I feel comfortable there, and, and the people that I'm photographing are comfortable with me being there. That's the only way you can make pictures like that. You have to um, be hanging out with those people. And in, in, in a good way, and, and, and not in a way that you're just there to like make pictures of them because they have face tattoos or something. You know, because a lot of people will do that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think I kind of just riffed through everything. Uh, everything that I had just kind of jotted down a list of thoughts. So, is there anything that you wanted to chat about that we haven't really touched on? Um. You know, I just wanted to thank you for um, having me on here. This was a real honor and surprise. And I'm just also excited about the podcast since I do know you personally. I think yeah. it's an awesome thing you're doing. I've listened to every single one of them since it started. 
And I always listen to photography podcasts and then to know someone that's making one now. It's great. So <laughs> congratulations. All right. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, uh, Nathaniel, thank you so much for taking time to, to chat with me and, and talk about your work. And uh, I'll see you on Tuesday night. All right, man. Take care, Nick. All right, so there you have it, my interview with Nathaniel Tetsuro Palinelli. I will most definitely share links to his Instagram account and his website so you can see more of his work. He's quite a prolific shooter, so there's always something new to check out on his feeds. Also, if you find yourself in Albuquerque, head downtown in the evening for a few hours and you'll most likely cross paths with Nathaniel. Um, He's out there doing his thing on a daily basis. So that's it for the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. This is the last episode for season one. I want to take this moment just to thank each and every one of you who have listened, who've supported me in this endeavor. Uh, I dragged my feet getting into the podcast world, but I'm really satisfied that I finally took the plunge and that there's actually people out there who are listening and and enjoying what I'm sharing. So thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I will return later in the summer, kicking off season two. Got some interesting things up my sleeve, so stick around for that. Until then, everyone, go grab a camera, go out and make some photos and Maybe you and I will be talking about it someday soon here. In any event, until then, stay well. Thanks for listening. Today's episode has been a production of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for today's episode has been brought to you by The Conant Project, Yazar, and Spinning Merkaba. One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, 